Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and tonight... We are going to answer some questions from you guys who've written into us, which is good. Yeah? Um, what kind of questions we got? Well, before we head into that, I have a praise report or a word of encouragement. Um, our good friend, Brooke, okay. who is a stepmom, she had a sit down with the bio mom in her situation today. And I just want to publicly say how proud I am of her. Yay. Um, What an amazing thing to be able, and a brave thing, because she doesn't have children of her own. So. She's stepmom to two daughters, two twins. Yeah, so. Would it be two twins or one twins? A set of twins. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But, I mean, to encourage you all, This was something that she didn't know how it was going to go. She was very apprehensive about it. It was really uncomfortable. It hasn't been easygoing up to this point. And, I mean, they've all been in court together, making accusations and going through some pretty tough stuff together. So for those two women to sit down and, I mean, for two hours and hear each other out and... You know, something that comes to mind when we're talking about this is that I think everyone's operating out of a set of perspectives that are no longer relevant. Right. And that is something that she had brought up to me on the phone was just a lot of what the bio moms perceptions of their life and their situation, even down to money, um, Everything that she thought she knew was off. Like she didn't really know anything, but her framework the bio mom was operating out of was from a set of perspectives like she was just assuming or she was taking what she knew nine years ago mm-hmm. when yep. they were together and applying that and to applying the it to current day. Interesting. And I think that that's a lot of where the breakdown comes in with exes and new spouses and you know that rub there is just that you don't really know what's going on but you think you do and so you're assuming a bunch of incorrect information and instead of just talking about it you're upset mm-hmm. you know or you're you know so I just you know, it was a really good sit down and I if it can happen for them 
it may be able, I just want to encourage you guys, if you're, if someone is listening on the fence about maybe reaching out and making that, you know, putting that olive branch out there or trying to make that connection or just to break the ice so it's not awkward at a basketball game, right? you know, or there's just horrible tension because you're sitting on two different benches acting like I'm using Brooke's words, sitting on two different benches acting like the other party isn't there. Um, and if you don't like that, then you can try to fix it. It doesn't have to be that way. And I'm just so proud of her. And I just wanted to share that bit of encouragement that, you know, if they can do it, I mean, I'm going to say they're no one special. She's very special to me, but they're not <laughs> special. Human. No special. But here's sad. my deal is like, well, when I say but this about like ever, working out, normal. like I run, right. If I can run, I'm no one special. I'm right. not a runner. But if I can run, you can, like, you know, I'm You're not. You're just saying, that, yeah, she's a normal everyday person. She's right. Not, and yeah. their situation isn't peaches and cream. You know, they've been through some things. You want to sing the song. That song you? came on yesterday, actually, randomly on peaches my way home. Peaches and cream? Yeah, on the way home from hockey. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Aw. You know, and it's a good reminder for all of us just to maybe mend fences Not that you need to be best friends with everyone, but I think there's enough hate in the world where if you have the opportunity to have a sit down and kind of break the ice and just, you know, maybe put wrongness to rest, do it. Try. Rest in peace, wrongness. Yeah. So I just wanted to start out with that. Well, congratulations. That's an awesome accomplishment. And I think that will only better their entire family um, you know, the girls' lives, um, their home situation. It's just going to help things go yeah. smoother in the future. She was, she asked me, she said, because they have the girls tonight, I think. She said, do I tell the girls? Should I not tell the girls? Do I let the mom tell the girls and wait to address it? And I was like, you were there. This is your life. You showed up. Don't hide your life from the girls. Like, if they wondered where you were, be honest with them. Right. You know, I think it's it's totally fine to share your truth and your life with the people you're doing life with. Right. I don't think it's something to be hiding from. Mm-hmm. But I also think I was I hung up with her and I was thinking, I'm like Did you hang up on her after you told her she was no one special? Yeah, I said click. That's not very nice. Um no, but I was thinking, I'm like, how are these girls, you know, going to react to this news? Right. Are they going to be happy? Like, that? I'm so interested in that. I feel, uh, like, yeah. And, and what, My ears are popping, sorry. Are they? Uh, were they happy or no? Like, was it one of those things? Actually, you know, before we go any further. Um, sorry, you guys. Are, My ears are all weird. What is going on with your ears? I don't know. I can't hear real well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You must have a listening disorder like I do. She hadn't, she hadn't told the girls yet. She'd asked me my opinion on it. Okay. But I was just, it led me to wonder. I could only see it being a good thing for the girls. Or, you know, know, maybe they're like, that makes them insecure or makes them worry. How old are they? 10? Yeah. I think so. 11. Nine or 10. Oh, nine or 10. Okay. Yeah. It seems like that would just be a great thing for them. So I like I that. So, and what a lucky like! Can we also say how lucky Riley is to be with a woman who's yeah, willing th- to do that? Right? Are they married? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Riley had to call me out. <laughs> look at the look on Julie's face. This is awesome. 
If you guys are listening, if you could only see the look on Julie's face, I just had to call her out. Call her? Call out. him. Call call them out. It's just it's a no, fun thing to do. Don't call her out. You called me out. Okay. We're Anyways, calling out. We're calling out. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how the girls... If you guys have had success stories or horror stories of, like, trying to meet, you know, stepmom to, to bio mom or stepdad to bio dad and try to extend that olive branch, I would love to know how it's gone for you. What worked, what didn't. Um, maybe give some advice and pointers, and maybe we could post a blog about that because I think that that's... Um, a very powerful thing to do. I think it it creates a lot of like, look, you either know or it's either going to make or break it, right? You're going to know off the bat, like we aren't going anywhere else from here, mm-hmm. you know, or it's like, okay, that wasn't so bad. We have some place to go, you know, and I think it's it's just a very powerful thing to give yourself that peace of mind either way. You know, you don't know if you could fix something or work with something or someone until you try. Right. And so I think if you're willing and you try, it's a great gift to yourself and to your spouse and to your family to know, you know, because people grow up, people change, people move on and maybe it can work. Maybe you can have a co-parenting relationship that is more successful because there's more lines of communication yeah. or not. But at least, like I said, you have that piece of knowing. Well, yeah, communication helps a lot. Um, are, do we have a full schedule on tonight or do we have a few minutes to talk and debate a little bit about stuff? Because that actually made me think. I'm like, that. What a, what a great podcast for blended families in a situation like this. Like I was being silly calling out Riley. But, but really in a situation like that, and we talked about it a little bit the other day. Um, you and I when we were in the car, but being in a relationship with with kids, blending a family, but not having that marriage commitment yet, it's yep. something that we kind of struggled with in our relationship for a while. And I don't know if they struggle with it or not, but it's something that I feel is a topic that um, a lot of our listeners, I, we hear it from a lot of our listeners, you know, my boyfriend, my, my girlfriend, um, you know, my fiance, so, you know, someone that I'm living with, whatever. It's yeah. it's not always my wife or my husband. A lot of times um, in this blended family commitment, we we have our, our reasons why we're not married yet or we don't immediately jump into something or we take 10, 15, 20 years. You know, some people, you know, we know people that have been together forever that have kids that have never gotten married, you know. Um, I feel like it's a topic that we could talk about real quick and just kind of weigh the pros and cons. And, um, I feel like you have a lot of really good views on that. You and I are a little bit different about that, but no, no, but at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of the day, we both see the same things, you know, we both have the same goals in mind, Mm -hmm. just the pathways to getting there are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, just the whole commitment thing in general. Yeah, so I definitely think that jumping into marriage when you have kids already and have been through something, you should not jump into it quickly. I think that you need to take things slow 
I think you have, it takes time to know somebody over time and circumstance. You know, you want to see them at their worst. You want to see them at their best. You want to see them angry. You want to see them through conflict. You want to see how they celebrate the holidays, how they interact with their family, how they treat a waiter. How they are sober. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how they are, you know. I mean, not that you're going to wait till someone dies, but through times of loss, the more time you give yourself to get to know someone through different circumstances only allows you to know them better. I, I tried to tell you this years ago, and then we just decided to get married. It was five years. Yeah, it was five whole years, you guys. And then okay. finally. Well, yeah. so here's the deal. So having said that, right, you take your time. Right. But, but how much time? Well, I think that that's very individual. Mm-hmm. And so, like for me... We had we were living together. I think mm-hmm. we'd lived together for three years at this point, and it's it just felt wrong. Like we're playing so, house. So for me personally, it was like this situation no longer aligns with my morals and values. Right. That's where I was at. Like I didn't feel that it was right to live together, and we had taken time. We were playing house, basically. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know. I feel like we weren't setting a great example for our kids. You know, I, it just, something in me clicked and it was a a combination of like, I had, I was finally healed and ready to move on. That took time, you know, and I was, I was healed and ready. And then I just really like, I just felt like God was like, come on. Like, you know, it just didn't. (laughs) To you or to me? (laughs) No, like it just, because I had that shift where it no longer felt right. Right. It didn't align with my morals and my values and what I wanted for my life. And it comes to a point where how long do you push aside your morals and values for someone else? I wish I had the button that said, Marsha, 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 you know. It is. You Uh, had to wait till you were ready. Like it just, so a lot of people ask me this and it's like. I think you have to be honest about where you're at. You know, you knew that it didn't, like, we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, I told you that. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I think it's either it it, it works or it doesn't. Like, your timelines either, like, line up or they don't. And if they don't line up, then there has to be some give and take. Like, I was going to have to be patient and wait longer than I might have wanted and you might have had to like take a leap of faith a little bit earlier than you wanted, mm-hmm. you know. So, so you're I, saying give and choose or uh, give and take a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like okay. over, but over like time. Like I'm not right. saying six months in, right. it's give and take then, you know. But I think you know time and circumstances, especially if you're living together. You know, we had done the living together and all the holidays together and daily life together, and there had been so much. It just didn't, you know, if you're not ready, that's fine. But then we need to change something because this doesn't feel right for me. And if you could have had, I can only speak for myself, though. That's why it's Russia. Right. right. So in, in my side of the story was, you know, it was, I had gone, you and I had, we had very similar divorces, yet we had very Oh, we had same divorces, different, you know, but they were the same, but different. Like we were dealing with a lot of the same stuff, but our situations to get us into divorce and how it happened and how um, our family separated were much different situations. I think our timing was just the same other than our timing. 
It was very different. Right. Very so, different. Right. So I I had dealt with a lot. I mean, not that you didn't, but I dealt with a lot of hurt, but a lot of different a lot of different hurt than you did. You know, I didn't really have a say so in the ending of my marriage. I didn't have um a say so in what happened with the kids. There was a lot of court battles, a lot of legal issues. Um, it was just, it was a whirlwind that was, my whole life was turned upside down and it was a very, very like rock bottom time, you know, um, for, for myself, you know, and it took a long time to heal from it. You know, it, it was one of those things. I just, I knew I wanted to be with you. I knew that I loved our family and loved our situation and who we were together and that we were going to we were going to grow old together and our situation um, was one of those things I didn't want to go away. You know, I, I loved who we were. I loved who our family was and what we stood for. Um, but getting to that point to um, the marriage was almost like, you know, like you had said, we were, we were living that lifestyle. We just didn't have it yet. And then I'm like, well, you know what? I'm committed to you. I, you know, knew in my heart that you were committed to me. And I just, something wasn't there yet with me. My brain was just, it was like PTSD, you know? I just was not ready for that leap of faith yet. Um, and and it it had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with our family. It, it didn't even have anything to do with my ex. It just had something to do with my mind and the PTSD that I had dealt with in that whole situation. Um, you know, part of pushing me into that leap of faith was you, you know, in our talks and um, situations that kind of put me there. And without that, um, it probably would have taken me another year or two. It was in my mind, though. I'm like, I'm going to marry this woman. You know, this is this is one of those things that's going to happen. But I was a little slower to the draw than you would have hoped for, right? It took me a little longer. Five years, you were like, all right, like, I feel like we're committed. We've been living together for a few years. Or a couple of years, whatever, and um, it was something you really wanted. So having to take that leap of faith was something that um, I needed help with, you know, from you, from my parents, even my grandma. You know, my grandma loves you more than she loves anyone else. You know, it's not true. Um, <laughs> so um, I I feel for people. You know, when I, I I'm sitting here, you know, giving Riley a hard time, you know, just just to be silly about it, but it's one of those things. I totally empathize with Riley and I don't know the whole situation behind that. I know he has dealt with, you know, the crazy X thing and um, just a hard situation. You know, we all have at some point in time, whether they're truly crazy or not, you deal with those hard situations that makes you. We're all our exes crazy. (laughs) We all are. I mean, really, (laughs) but I I empathize with that. I can't say that word tonight. Empathize. I empathize with him. On that, because when you have dealt with that type of stuff, it not I don't even think that, and I'm and I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. I don't even think that he fears that, you know. Say with Brooke, and sorry, I'm I'm speaking for you here, but um, when you've dealt with that whole situation, it's really hard to kind of get back down that road. You know, it's 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 a really hard thing. Um, you know, whether, whether there's marriage involved or, or not in the past, you're still, you're dealing with the kids, you're dealing with the situation with them. 
um, just all the litigation between everything is just, it's so, it's so much work and it's such a pain in the butt and it doesn't really get easier. So, um, I, I understand if people need to go slower, I understand that, but I also understand your side of it where you're like, yeah, but we're already living this life. Like, let's commit, let's do it right. You know? And I think that's what brought me, you know, halfway with you. I met you halfway and, um, gave you everything you wanted. So <laughs> anyways, <laughs> well, Julie is sitting back, not talking to you guys. Um, so. yeah, I often wonder because I think, I think everyone has their breaking point and I would never have given you an ultimatum. Oh no. Or pushed you into a corner. <laughs> Just pushed me off a ledge, a cliff. But You know, I think that a risk you take is, I just think that everyone has their breaking point. And so, so is that also like, I mean, what would have happened if I had said, this doesn't feel like I'm at my breaking point. I don't wish to continue like this. You know, I don't wish to cohabitate for another year with these kids. And I don't wish to play house but don't have any of the commitment behind it or, you know, we're not making this a a real thing. I don't wish to continue because it doesn't feel right. So would that be you opting out like then you're like, here's my line and we're at the line and I'm jumping off of it. I think everyone has a line and that's everyone's right Right. to have, you know, you have a right to, to be like, I'm just not ready. You know, everybody has a right to their own opinion and, and to search their souls and to get right with God. And what is, what is right? Like, what are my values? Right. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm just, I mean, it's hypothetical. So it's kind of a stupid conversation, I guess, because we are married and it happened, but you know, it's Marcia, also Marcia, like, Marcia. what like, if, what if, you know, I ended it mm-hmm. Who wants to get engaged that way? Well, and that's the other thing. That's what I was about to say. You, you know, know, when like, you get pushed into a corner in a situation, especially someone like me, who I'm like, I'm very, I'm very strong headed about things. If you're going to give me an ultimatum, like, look, you're either going to marry me this week or we're done. I'm like, well, sorry. Like, yeah. you're not going to push me into that because that's not truly how I feel. Like, that's you just throwing a temper tantrum as an adult to get your way, whether it's, mm-hmm. whether it's righteous or not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to give in to stuff like that. Like, because then what happens later on down the, down the road, you know, when that, that's just, it just puts a sour taste in my mouth. Well, it's, I get your, you're going to, yes, making a point. I lived with that before, Mm -hmm. but I think it comes down to honoring the other person. You know, you're going to decide to honor, honor the other person or not. You know, so if, if your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance is like, this doesn't feel right anymore to me and I need to end it, you know, are you going to be like, fuck you, goodbye, because I'm standing up for me and I do me. And if you're going to push me into, you know, like, I guess good to know, because I would have felt had you done that to me, like I totally dodged a bullet here because you are, do not honor me at all. And I would have felt like, thank God we didn't get married. No, but that's you, how I would have felt. Like you would have seen. That's exactly how this would have gone, knowing right. us. 
if I would have been honest about how, like, if I would have been like, this doesn't feel right anymore and I can't continue, and you said, well, you're not going to push me into a corner, so I'm out, I would have been like, thank God I dodged a bullet. Yeah. Because that's so dishonoring to me. But here's the other, here's, again, the flip side of that coin. I feel like it's dishonoring if you're going to come and you're going to push you know, me into a corner and me into a situation. It's almost, it's almost the opposite side. So here, here's just the whole, the whole thing laid out. My, like my advice to that, because yeah. there are people like me and there are people like you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you feel like you're getting to that point, mm-hmm. have that conversation and don't be like, Hey, I'm at that line. I'm here. I'm at the end of the road. Let someone know like, Hey, look, I'm getting to that point that I need commitment. I need this. I, I really love you. I really honor you. I I believe in what we have going, but I'm getting to that line. Not I'm at that line. I'm getting to that line. Mm -hmm. And I need, I need things to start speeding up to get to that point. What can I do to help you get us to that point? Because I'm at that point. I'm ready to commit to you. I'm ready to have a marriage with you and live happily ever after with you. What can I do to help you get there? Because that's what I want. And can we set goals to get us there and and here's the other part of that for me when you get to that point and you're like I need to be married in six months from now now in that next six months if I'm like all right yes it'll happen now in that next six months anytime we go out to a nice dinner or or we go somewhere you're like expected yeah I'm ready to get married I'm ready to get married and and you almost before you went before you got to that line Mm -hmm. I got to the line almost at the exact same time you did I had already bought you a ring. I had already started planning things, but the way I planned things took a little longer than I had expected. The ring I got you cost a little more than I had expected. There were things that just, it didn't add up in my mind like I wanted them to. And it took longer. And you got to that line like right when, like almost two weeks before I was about to make it happen. But it was like, oh my gosh. And we almost had a big blow up because of it. And it was, it was kind of a scary thing in my life because I'm like, whoa, like I'm almost here. I'm ready to surprise her, but I'm almost getting ultimatums at the same time too. Mm-hmm. And that was like, a, it was like a real weird time because I'm like, I totally wanted to surprise you with this and catch you off guard. But you were also at that line. You were at the end of the road where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, mm-hmm. are we really going to ruin this over two week difference here? Maybe a month, you know, like the way that it planned out. So again, my advice is have that conversation, communication, communication, communication. Have that advice, have that conversation. Let them know you're at the end of that road. You are getting there. Um, and, and I'm not talking about anyone else's situation at this point. I'm just saying if that's how you're feeling, any of you guys listening to this, watching this, talk about it. Let them know. But don't give them the ultimatum like, hey, you know, in the next month this needs to happen or I'm done. Be like, I'm there. Communicate. Find out if they're there or if they're like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be ready for another five years. I don't think I'm ever going to be ready to be married again, you know, whatever. Um, have that communication. Talk about yeah, it. Don't I, just show up and be like, I'm at the end of my line. That's really, really, really great advice. And I think that you have to, at the end of the day, love someone enough to let them go. Like if you know in your heart you have no intention to get married, you don't want to get married, Because you should not get married if you don't want to get married. If you don't want to get married and you don't want to be married, getting married will be the kiss of death for your marriage. So you have to own your, you have to be honest with yourself and own that. 
And then you need to be honest and own that with your significant other. And if that is your truth and you just don't want to and have no intention, don't lead someone on and be willing to let them go. Don't make them feel bad or shitty. Like they're also allowed to have what they want for their life. As much as you are allowed to not want to get married, because marriage isn't for everyone, right? They also are allowed to be like, this is a really important thing I want to experience in my life. I want to do life with someone. I don't want to do life alone. And I want a real partner. I want someone who's going to lay down their life for me in every single way, whether it is emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, you know, like, I mean, that's what marriage is. It's laying down your life every day for your spouse. And if that's what we got a lot of work to do, but if that's what somebody wants for them, their life, they're entitled to that as well. Like you, you know, but if it doesn't align, then better to find that out sooner than later, Right. because the longer it goes on, the more emotions are invested, especially when you have kids involved, because now you're not only invested in this person, but you, you're dragging kids into this and that's not fair for them. Right. Right. That's the scary thing, too. It's not your life you're messing with. It's these kids. And that's, and that's a, really, it's a really hard thing. And I think asking either person to give up what they want, somebody who wants to give up, who really wants marriage, asking someone to, put, to lay down that dream, they will never be fully satisfied. So now you're with somebody who will never be truly happy. What kind of life is that? Just as if you were not wanting to get married and somebody forced you into it and you felt like, you know, you will always feel like you compromised yourself and that never works out. No? Nope. Okay. Okay. So. Are you moving? I think so. I think we have beat that dead horse to death. To what death? will we name it? I don't know. Riley. Sorry, buddy. Um. Okay. <laughs> I just called him out earlier. I just, I wanted to clear up the whole thing. I was being silly. So anyways. All right. So I posted on our Instagram something. Um, I posted on our Instagram something that said different parenting styles in a blended family can work if there's a ton of mutual respect. And different parenting styles are very, very, very extra, very common in blended families because you come established with your own kids and you come with your own history of setting up parenting with your ex also. Right. So you're not starting out together, working it out together with your spouse, right? You're coming equipped with your own parenting style. Um, and so I had someone write in about that and I'm just going to read what they wrote and then we'll discuss it. Okay. Okay, so she, so they say, I don't even know if it's, okay, so they say, I wonder how to approach this when the expectation for his kids are vastly different from our daily life at home when his kids are at their mom's. Example, my kids are asked to help with household responsibilities, like dishes, doing their own laundry, etc., I also trade one hour of physical fitness for 30 minutes of Xbox time at the end of the day. And they have to shut it off 
at 7 p.m. and on weekdays and 10 p.m. on weekends. No food in the basement, brush teeth before bed, no chips for breakfast, be nice to each other. When his kids are here, Disneyland dad sets in. He doesn't realize it, but they will cry slash make comments to manipulate about going back to their moms if he doesn't let them do the things they like or that they want or asks to or if he asks them to help with chores. Mostly chips before breakfast, blah blah blah. But then my kids still have their regular routine. And so I've been disengaged as a step parent for over a year now, trying to stop being the rule enforcer slash bad guy. Well part of it is it sounds like you guys are on two different schedules, kind of like we are, where we have the kids part of the time, but we have the kids separate part of the time. So being able to parent all the kids to get, I, I feel like it's a lot easier to parent all the kids at one time than it is to parent her kids at one time and his kids at one time. Does that make sense? It's easier if all the kids are there together and you lay down a rule and then you're, you're not having to lay it down multiple times. You're telling it to the, all the kids at once and they're obeying it all at once. And the ones might argue at once, but the other ones might not argue. And it's easier to manipulate the situation to go in the parents' favor without them arguing and us being able to hold our ground the way that we're supposed to, right? But when it's it's you know split different times and the other kids aren't there to obey and you're not the parent that is being quote-unquote Disneyland dad, then it's a lot harder to stand your ground because they're your rules and they're not your kids. So it's like, it's a lot harder situation. So I feel for her there. Um, the other side of that is they're not your kids. Those are all health and hygiene and, um, you know, just, just life things that they're going to pick up and, and have over the years. Um, so at the end of the day, like I know you're invested and, you know, you care about these kids, but they're not your kids. So it's, it's a bummer situation. It sounds like, sounds like a very hard situation. What, like, what's your thought on that? I'm starting to get kind of, I have lots of things I want to say, but I'm like, I'm going to start hurting feelings of everyone now. And my feelings? No, 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 no. Just oh. every, like everyone. You can hurt feelings. Yeah. But it, you hurt my feelings all the time. Just kidding. Just different, <laughs> different parenting styles is, is very hard, uh -huh. but I feel like we parent, you and I parent a lot better to all the kids and we set rules and boundaries a lot better when all the kids are there together. It's a lot harder. For... I don't feel like we set rules and boundaries for all the kids. Oh, uh, I, I totally disagree. Okay. I feel like we do. Okay. I feel like at the dinner table, it's easier for us to do and say things. And, um, the kids are a little looser when it's one-on-one -on -one with them or it's two on one, you know, um, we totally do. Like, I, I, I don't even know how you don't see that we totally set rules and boundaries. You know, it's easier for me to sit down at the dinner table with all of our kids and tell my son, take your hat off at the dinner table, take your hoodie off at the dinner table versus, you know, if it's him and I sitting down, we're a little bit looser. We're just, why does it not? Why? Like a, See, and I guess I that's still where do, I don't get, I don't think about it, it sometimes. I'm like, I'll sit down with him at the dinner table and it's me and him. And I'm not looking at how he's sitting. I'm not, I'm not thinking about that stuff as much right then, you know? But when we're a whole group, I'm like, all right, like we need to parent these kids. Like we are a family. I'm not looking at it like that when it's just him and I one-on-one. -on -one. 
you know? Oh, that's interesting because I feel like a rule should be a rule. Yeah, you feel like that? I mean, of course it know. should, but that's not, but I'm just saying that's not okay. the way it is. I just like, hadn't considered that no. before. That's new information for me. No, I'm not to gonna, it. I'm not gonna be sitting here. Yeah, anyways. You're not as strict. I'm not as strict. I'm a little looser when it's just him and I one on one. Right. Than when it's the whole family. I'm Which a is little, actually really interesting. I play a little more of the dad role, a, a little more solid and, right. and structured. You know, and and part of it. Can I make a point to that, though? Of course. Because I think that will just help other. I'm not trying to start a fight at all because I think this is going to help other people here. But what do you think your son prefers then? When it's just you and him and you're loose and you're not strict and you're more a friend than dad? Or do you think your son prefers when we're all together and you're now a dad and more strict? Right. Well, of course. Of course he prefers the easier way. Right. However... When he leaves that dinner table and he goes to a friend's dinner table or he goes to my parents' dinner table, he then follows what I have taught him. So he does pick up on that stuff. He does take that stuff with him. Mm-hmm. And it's good for us, you know. But it's also good for us to have those times where we are loose and show him, like, we're not perfect squares. We're not, you know, there, there is grace. We are okay. There is a time and a place. You know, it's just like it's just like swearing. You know, you learn as a kid. You're not supposed to swear. You're not supposed to swear. You're not supposed to swear. Well, what do all adults do? Name Julie. They swear. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. But we go to, you know, sit down at a dinner table with some friends that we hardly know, you know, or um, we're in church and we're standing there having having a conversation at church, you know, with or without pastor. It doesn't matter who it is. You mind your manners a little bit more because this is what you've learned. You've learned that there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good lesson with our kids that you can show them not to be fake but you can show them that there is a time and a place there's still a boundary mm-hmm. you know because because you're sitting down at the dinner table at McDonald's you're sitting down and you're like I'm going to I'm going to have a cheeseburger you know and it's just me and my buddy do I need to take my hat off eh, probably not I don't think people are going to be offended by that but you go out you know to to steak or lobster and you're with your family or you're on a date you know you don't wear a hat at the dinner table. It's just one of those things that you teach your kids that, you know, you're not going to go break big major rules, but there is time and a place for everything. There is times to be more relaxed and more loose Mm -hmm. than, you know, and, and I think that is where as parents, we start to figure that out and teach that to our kids and our kids start to see that and figure that out. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot, I have a lot easier time parenting when it's us as a family unit and that's one of the big pluses to being a family unit you know it does it me as a as a parent if i was just a single dad i'd have a lot harder time parenting than i do with us being a team and having other kids in the household it helps keep me in line as well it's not all about just parenting the kids it's about parenting ourselves as well it's about keeping us in line as well because it's very easy for us to get you know just loose and relax and you know, it, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the whole dynamic. And it's, and it's one of those things that I know I struggle with a lot of you probably struggle with it or, or see your partner struggling with it. And it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, it'll get better. Yeah. Um, so what I wrote back to her really quick, I told her we were going to discuss this on tonight's podcast, but I wrote her and I said, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of respect on your end for how your husband handles his kids. 
Are you able to disagree with how he does things, but respect his decision, ultimately how he raises his kids? And I think people confuse respect with agree. You can respect someone's role and authority without agreeing with it. You know, the president of the United States, past, present, future is a great, you respect the office, you respect that they're the president, but you may not agree with their policy. Well, that's why we should, but I mean, like, that's a poor example because there's a lot of people that just (laughs) don't respect it. Well, okay. So, but that's like, (laughs) in theory. But but that's how we should be teaching our children. But in theory, right, with your spouse, you respect that the bio parent in the home is the authority, right? is the parent and you may disagree with how they're doing it but you have to respect the authority enough to let it go like right. it, do you know what i'm trying to say i know exactly what you're like, trying to say okay i think everyone to dis, it's yeah. okay to disagree with how your spouse is parenting their kids i think we would all i think 90% of people in a blended family marriage at one point or all points disagrees with how their spouse is parenting their kids. We do. Yeah. And we do quite often. Like I know. I so judge quite often, but I think that you have to be able to respect the, the, the uh, title. Yeah, I don't know. You're trying to say yeah. the role. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. You have to respect the role of your spouse. And that's kind of like the point of the post was, you know, different parenting styles can work in a in a marriage, in a blended family house, as long as there's respect. Like, you have got to respect their authority, their role, and you, you have to not make it, a, you can't punish them for it 24-7 or it's a horrible marriage. Yeah. Right? Well, and the other thing is, too, if they're not willing to change that and they're not willing to listen to your advice or how you want, all you're going to do is hit a wall constantly and oh, it's so going to be both it's going to be both of your heads hitting that that same wall yeah and you're never going to get anywhere and it's going to be frustrating all the time so and you're just working yourself up that's it and yeah. working them up and you know it's not going to change right nothing's going to come from it other than now you guys are fighting about 10 different things because what happens and the kids yeah and the <laughs> you, kids are still doing the same thing the kids are still getting along the same way and yeah. it's not getting any easier you're just angry now your partner's angry now and life sucks so i guess to her i would just say respect his role keep doing what you feel like is right by your own kids you know and lead by example that's right you know i mean it doesn't go unnoticed how each other's parenting in the home truly you know you live together you're doing life together your spouse sees how you parent your kids. And that does make an impact on them. Some might be, you know, I mean, it does, it makes an impact and and sometimes it'll change and sometimes it won't, but the good you do, you know, own that. Don't stop, you know, but don't create issues when there's not going to, you know, if it's not helpful, if it's not going to change things. Um, and so, and being a disengaged step parent, I think if you have no power, no control, no say, I don't know what anyone else expects. Like, you're there for support and you show up, but I think sometimes 
it's better to disengage than be at war for the sake of the peace of your marriage, the peace of your household. You know, it's it's very hard as a step parent to engage when you have different parenting styles and what's being parented is completely opposite from how you do things, what you agree with. It's really hard to engage in that process, that which you don't agree with or you, you know what I'm trying to say? So I think that sometimes it's okay to step back. And if you have different parenting styles, that's what we just said. Like, why are you going to create issues if nothing's going to change? Well, especially if it isn't affecting your children, you know. It's once it starts seeping over to that side and your kids start saying, how come, how come, how come? Um, we've had that you know, talk in our house. With we our recently kids. have had that talk. In so our house. I feel like, so at that point, if your kids are how coming you, what I tell my kids, I'm sure what you tell yours is like, listen, I'm not the parent. Like my job is to parent you the way I see fit to the best of my abilities. I'm not my, you know, I'm not my stepson's mom. I'm not the parent. He has a mom. Not he has mama. a dad. They decide. You know, if it aligns with me, great. I can jump right in. If it doesn't, I don't really have anything to offer because I don't agree. So my job is to to parent you kids. That's, you know, and that's it. And you you tell your kids. And the kids understand that. They're or like, they don't. oh. <laughs> they don't? I said, or they don't. Oh. Yeah. I mean, either they do or they don't. But at the end of the day, like. Oh, well, like, you can't answer that. Like, I feel like you should address that with your kids. If they're don't give them some bullshit answer, like be honest, tell them like it is, you know, and then I always tell my kids, listen, it matters who you have kids with. Be careful. Yeah. Like really understand that if you don't, you think this is hard because they all know, they all see how hard this is. It doesn't go unnoticed by kids either. You know, remind them like, Make better choices. Like, it really matters who you have kids with. They're in your life forever. A marriage certificate comes and goes sometimes, right? But you're attached to your child's, you know. Right. Well, and another conversation that I have um, with my son quite often, too, about decision-making in life, um, just in general, and whether it's about um, inside the household or outside you know, I, I try to make him look at the big picture. I try to make him look at a situation and how things are going to play out, you know, 5, 10, 15, 30 years from now. Yeah. You know, and I try to get him to look at stuff like that, you know. So, when we're, again, going back to the dinner table thing, when he's sitting there with his hat on, you mm -hmm. know, and how come it's not a big deal? Like, yes, right at this current situation, it's not a big deal. But years down the road, you go to a business meeting, you know, and you sit down and everyone around the table is wearing nice suits and ties, and you walk in, you know, and you got your you got your ball cap on. That doesn't look professional. That plays out differently. So, I mean, that's just one small example, but you guys can you guys can put that forth in other examples. So when you're talking about things with your kids, and your kids are like, "Well, how come? Why not?" You know, and, and especially my kid wants to question every single thing that I say or do, or you know, whatever when it involves him. So not that it's a good thing to sit there and argue with them. I think arguing is, it's one of the worst things I do with my kid, but stopping that, you know, when, when they ask how come 
not turning it into an argument, but giving them a real life. I mean, it takes some effort, but giving them a real life situation, how this is going to play out and what things look like down the road, get their little minds thinking, get them understanding how come you're laying down these rules. How come, you know, there's a 10 o'clock curfew or, you know, there's no chips before breakfast or, or whatever the situation may be. Don't just say because chips are no good before breakfast because they're bad for you because, you know, don't make up all these stupid little, you know, how was your day? How was your day today at school? Fine. Stop giving answers like that to your children. Because I said so. Exactly. I mean, we all get pushed to that point. And we've all, we've all been there. We've all (laughs) done that. But if you explain to them because chips are not the best way for you to start off your day, you know, tell them a little bit about nutrition values, whatever, you know, um, it takes effort, you guys. If there's no nutritional value. <laughs> there is none. <laughs> there is. There's none. You know what I mean? But it starts yeah. your day off. And then you get sluggish. You get slow. You get tired. You know? Yeah. But basically, t- give them real examples and real life reasons why yeah. you're telling them these things. Why they need to take their hat off at the dinner table. And then they have something to apply it to. That's the kid I was. You know, you tell me not to do something. Like, if I didn't understand why... I didn't apply it. It's a lot like math to me. You know, if I don't know what I'm trying to get towards, what the hell am I doing this math problem for? What is trigonometry? What do I use trigonometry for? You're the why kid. Uh, I wasn't. But if I didn't understand, again, coming back to like just math real quick, if I don't understand what I'm trying to get Mm -hmm. out of, uh, you know, you could have told me, you know, tell me X, Y, Z and what they equal as a kid. I wouldn't have figured it out. I was like, my brain doesn't understand what I'm trying to get to. I don't even want to have anything to do with that. Then, you know, a couple of years later, I'm in high school. I'm like, oh, I need to build a subwoofer box. I need, you know, cubic feet. I need volume. I need to know what this is. I'm like, oh, I've learned something like that before. Now I can figure it out. Now I can get to X, Y, and Z and tell you what airspace is. As a kid, you know, maybe you're- You couldn't maybe, apply it to something concrete. I couldn't concrete, apply it to something. So when you're telling so, a kid yeah. not to do something and they can't apply it to- to anything that's they can't really equate that advice. to anything that's right that's then, a- then they're like why yeah they tune you out because it doesn't stick for them it doesn't resonate right. this is like way above yeah my, i don't get it i'm yeah, not like, i'm not why tired why do i have me? to go to bed <laughs> exactly yeah so if we can give them we can take the time to put in the effort to tell them not argue but tell them why we're saying no to something or why we're doing something a, a certain why, way. Why is this a rule? Like, this is a stupid rule. I yep. always thought rules were so stupid. Um, I didn't understand them. And my parents were big I just because I said so. Like, don't question me. Didn't or take you're the time to explain it to you. Oh, right? I was just going to be punished, like, if I questioned anything. But that's, I mean, that's still the way, that's, that's so. still the way they are. So... <laughs> No, I mean, really, though, I mean, no, that's how I was your, raised. Your stepdad, was... I'm like, I've, I don't know if I've ever gotten a, a true answer out of how come like he, he wants, wants something. He wants what he wants when he wants it. Yeah. Done. And it period. doesn't matter. Don't who, question what, what, me. Yeah. Yeah. That's if how it makes I was sense raised or not. That's right. So your kids don't let them grow up to be like that and, and be like, oh, because my parents said so. Well, how come, Johnny? How come you can't taste that alcohol? My dad drinks alcohol all the time. Or how let come? me try. Yeah. And, and then little Johnny goes, oh, well, I guess I have seen my dad drink alcohol. It's not that bad for you. you. But you teach your kids how come they shouldn't be drinking alcohol at this young age. How come once you learn to drink or once you're old enough to drink alcohol, why there's an age limit yeah, for it in moderation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because your brains are still forming. Like, 
when you put chemicals anyway, whatever. Yeah. That's, uh, I think people get it, but yes. that's just that's just something I do with my kid. I'm like, I apply everything to something. So he, now he goes out in the garage. I don't worry about him. He's got safety glasses on. He rides his bike. He's got his helmet on. You know, he goes to cut something. He's got his gloves on. I taught him this all this stuff at young ages, which most kids don't equate that type of stuff. They're like, well, dad's an idiot. He looks like an idiot wearing these safety glasses and wearing these goofy gloves. You know, but you teach them That's because right. you can get things in your eyes. You show them pictures like, look at this guy's got a nail in his eye because he was pounding. He was pounding a hammer and nail. The, the hammer slipped past the nail, popped it off the board and right through his eyeball. Kids don't understand that that type of stuff happens. You know, why do deer get hit by cars on the road? Because they don't understand there's a danger there. They never witnessed the danger. You know, and it's the same thing with our children. If children don't understand that they shouldn't go play in the road because we've never talked to them about it, all of our kids are going to be hit by cars one day. Yeah. Anyways. That's a happy note to end that on. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So another listener says, my husband and his ex share 50-50. We were told last night that our son doesn't want to be here in our home. He only wants to live with his mom. He's fine with coming over for school, but wants to be at her house the rest of the time. Everything he has said to our other son is so he gets to do what he wants when he wants. Oh, everything he has said to our other son is that he gets to do what he wants when he wants. Over here, we told the kid, we hold the kids accountable for their actions. We do not play favorites. We have rules and consequences. Our house is not the fun house. We do our best to raise well-mannered humans that one day will be in the real world with real-life situations. My husband and I have been together for a bunch of years. So basically, her husband's son doesn't want to live with them anymore. Because there's a lot of rules Because there. there's rules and consequences, right. and it's not the fun house, and right. his mom's house he tells the other kids that he's allowed to do what he wants. He just runs the house over there. When he wants. Right. And that's why he wants to live with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like they're doing everything right. Um, maybe not being the fun house, you know. Don't pride yourself on not being the fun house. But, you know, pride yourself on being the house that you're going to raise good human beings in. And that might be exactly what they're doing. And that might just be. But what, what to do? I mean, they have 50-50 custody. Well, fifty percent of the time, the son doesn't want to go live. Doesn't want to live with them. Right, fifty percent of the time, you know, you have the right to parent the kid that you want. You can't control the other fifty percent of the time. No, but I'm saying is he says he doesn't want to live with them anymore. Oh well, how old is he? Did I didn't I didn't catch? I don't even think they said. Um, they probably did at the end. I just left it yeah. out. You um, know what? Again, though, just going back to five minutes no. ago. Going back to five minutes ago, apply why these are rules why these rules are being put into place there. And eventually, and maybe not right now, and it's gonna take a long time, mm -hmm. eventually this kid's gonna respect you and your household. And I'm not talking you know, when he's fifteen years old, I'm talking when he's twenty five, thirty five years old. He's gonna respect you and your household a lot more than he respects his mom and his mom's household because there there were lessons, there were were rules, there was care, there was love. You know, if you have a structure like that and they know that they can always count on you and that you're always there to guide them in the right direction, they're gonna you're gonna be the ones that they come to, you know. 
when they're 25, you know, 35 years old and they're going through a hard time with their spouse, you know, and, you know, they're trying to ask for advice. They want to know what to do. You know, maybe they have a job interview coming up, whatever it might be. They're going to go to the ones with structure. They're going to go to the ones that taught them best. They're not going to resort back to mom who has no thoughts, no opinion, no structure on anything. It's going to be you that they come to. So as long as you stick to your guns and you keep down that road of, you know, structure, discipline, um, but teaching, you know, I feel like the kids ultimately in the end are going to respect you. It's, it's going to be a long burn though. Yeah. A slow burn. I agree. But the, my, I guess the question I'm trying to get at is the kid saying he doesn't want to live with them anymore. Do they let him not? Li- I mean, they have 50-50 custody. So I'm assuming there's some kind of legal document. Do they make him? stay do they let him go does he get to call the shots like what do they do in that situation when you have because I think a lot of families face this too at some point kids are like you know I want what I want and I'm gonna tell you all how I'm gonna live and that's just how it is and I I wonder how parents deal with that when a kid is like, I'm not, I don't want to live there anymore. I don't want to live with you. Or I don't want to live with the other one. I deal with this, you know, so I deal what, with do this you with, do? what do you what I, do? What do you, well, first you of all, do you do don't that? let the kid call the shots. You know, I deal with this with my own son. He's like, I don't want to go to mom's. I don't want to live with mom's. Why can't I live with you? Why can't you have full custody? Well, first of all, the picture is a lot bigger than what you can see kid. You know, it's not about you and, and what you want. Um, I understand your situation. I understand your thoughts. I value your thoughts, but this ultimately is a conversation between me and your mom. Now it gets to the point sometimes where mom's also like, or in this situation, yeah, this situation would be mom like, well, I don't care. I, you know, he's a pain in the butt when he's here. I don't want him here anymore. Anyways, you take him, you know? And then it's like, okay, well, you know, it gets put into that situation, but at the end of the day, you're not letting the kid decide. You're not letting the kid call the shots. You're not letting the kid run the show because what that happens is years down the road, the kid thinks that they do run the show. They think that they're know-it-all. There is no authority of figures and they don't respect any type of authority. You know, they couldn't hold down a job because what's a boss, what's a manager. It doesn't matter. I run the show where I come from. I'm going to run the show here in some workplaces. That's just not going to fly. Right. So we need to teach them at this point in time, you know, when they're in our custody that they're going to respect what we say. I mean, they can have opinions, you know, and we'll listen to them and and their thoughts. But at the end of the day, it's not up to the kids. It's up to the parents. Yeah, I, I that's how it totally should be. Right. I agree. But when what if a kid acts out in another household because they don't want to be there. So they push a, a parent away and make that household miserable so that they can ultimately like manipulate the situation to get what they want. Like they know at some point they're old enough to know what to do to, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So at what point do they win in the end and get what they want by their behavior? They win in the end if the parents give in and allow their their behavior to dictate. So that's something to you guys as you're dealing with teenagers and kids that are getting older 
Um, because I always say kids are very manipulative, like especially kids in blended families, right? It's survival of the fittest. And they have options, like a, a, a family, a natural family, there's no options. <laughs> like You're just in your house 24-7. You don't have an opportunity to have a better life somewhere else. But what happens in blended families with two households is that kids do like, oh, I like it here better. I like it there better. Oh, this this house is, is more strict. Like there's more consequences at this house. Or I know I'm going to get in trouble at this house, so... I don't really want to go to that house, so I'm just going to stay here. Like, kids work it, and I think that it's something just to be aware of because I think we get sucked into the drama and the the drama and the emotion of everything that we don't step back and see that kids also manipulate the situation themselves you know, and that you need to stand up as a parent and fight for your kid because kids need both parents and kids need both, like it's it's more opportunity for life experience to have two households. You know, they get to learn a lot more about life than just having one unit. So I think that parents also need to buckle down and really not allow kids, like Eric said, to run the show, to control the situation, to manipulate you out of being a parent. Because then you've just, you know, lost all control. And once kids see that, you know, it's like watching teachers in a classroom. I used to help out in a classroom. And, or not a classroom, I've helped out in multiple she classrooms. She was the teacher's pet. <laughs> but I, w- I would watch it. Like, once a kid... Like, when a sub would come in, like, kids knew their weaknesses. The second they broke a sub or got on the sub's nerves, like, the second they saw the sub break or get frustrated, they knew that second, okay, I have power in this situation, and I can control it, and I can get the attention I want or get out of class or, you know, whatever, and I would watch it happen in classrooms, like, kids do this everywhere. It's not just the parents. <laughs> kids try to control their world. And um, I think it can be very challenging, but I think parents really should never stop fighting for their kids. And what they believe. It in. matters to them. Like, I, you know, it mattered to me that my biological father fought for me when he could have easily had been like, it's not worth the trouble, you know? Um, back then that meant a lot to me because they, my, my parents had a really horrific divorce, like restraining orders against each other. And I mean, they divorced when I was like a year old. So there were restraining orders in place when I was like a kid, like legal battles just got worse as I got older for some reason. I don't know. But I'm saying is that at any point in time, my dad had to pay so much child support, whatever. But at some point in time, You know, he could have been, and I would, I mean, now that I'm in a a blended family situation with exes and I'm seeing all this play out and being in touch with other blended families, I could very easily see how a parent could just be like, especially my dad's situation with all of what happened with them, him to be like, this is, this shit's not worth it. I don't see her hardly any ways. I don't live next to her. Like, for the little time I get, is this like is this worth it? I don't know. 
Right. Yeah. And you could see out. how a parent got there, but I'm trying to tell you is like kid, like parents, kids when they're older, will appreciate that you fought for them. Like that will mean something to your children later. They, you know, they're little shits right now. All of them, every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it matters, right? Like it'll matter to them as adults. And you don't think you're going to see that as adults. But like I have so much appreciation for my stepmom now that I'm a stepmom and having my <laughs> How kids is that relationship have a stepmom. Going? <laughs> um, well, her, no, like her as a person, not a huge fan. But I do appreciate because my dad worked a lot and I was left home a lot with her. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my time down there, maybe like 70% of my time I spent down there, I spent with her. Right. And she took me places. We did things. You know, she didn't make me sit in my room all day and ignore me. Kids will love that this days. This, this day. day. But I'm just saying like. Right. She, no, I get it. She had, you know, she cooked me dinner. Yeah. You know, she, she wasn't a bitch to me. Yeah. You know, she was kind. She was a great cook. I got to go do and see and, you know, she would do things. She would take me places. She would buy me clothes. Like, she helped me make friends. Like, without her, I wouldn't have had friends at my dad's. But I did have friends at my dad's, which is really important as a kid because I was there alone a lot. Like, they didn't yeah, have kids. I would. I was just myself. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, like, the, even the things that she showed up for and did, I can appreciate now. Because it's really hard, like, as a step-parent to have no say, no power, no control, and dealing with an ex. And, you know, maybe you don't even, you know, I, I probably uprooted her life when I was there in the summer. You know? So I appreciate these things now. And your kids and stepkids down the road will appreciate you showing up and fighting for them and being there for them. So don't give up is my thing. All right. Last question. Yeah. Yep. All right. I have to get to my emails. Okay. Final question. So my kids are now adults and never bonded with my husband slash. So that would be their stepdad. Okay. I've tried to force it. And now there's conflict. My husband feel now there's conflict. My husband feels disrespected by my sons and I support, and, and I support, I don't know. I was going to hit the cricket button. All right. Basic, so basically the question is, so as adults, kids never bonded with her husband. There's a conflict now, I guess, between them. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know how I fix it because her husband feels disrespected by her sons. And she wants to, she loves, she's in the middle, right? It's the classic, I guess that shit never dies either. Bio parents always feeling in between their spouse and their kids. Like, I guess that maybe never goes away. I don't know. But when they come in as adults, you know, or you're at this. I don't think they're at, at, they didn't come in as adults. But if they never bonded and now they are adults, I'm like, good luck fixing this. Well, here's my thing. You can't fix someone else's relationship. Right. Like every person has a relationship with the other person in the house, but it is not your responsibility to fix a relationship in your house. You're not in it. If you're not personally in a relationship, 
You can't fix it. No matter how close you are to it. It's not your responsibility to, and it just creates more problems. Right. This is your sons and this is your husband. Yeah, I mean, they have to work it out. You're as close as you can be to this, but it's still not your situation. That's right. And as hard as it is, you know, like you're going to have to step back and look at the whole situation. And this isn't to fix it. This is just to understand it. You're going to have to step back and look at the situation. Your husband feels disrespected because obviously your sons treat him a certain way. But I don't know what the situation looks like. But how does your husband treat the sons? You know, is he is he great to them? Is he kind to them? Um, you know, has he always been there for him and your kids are just ungrateful and, and that's what the situation is? Or is, you know, does he kind of give it give it to them, you know, shortcut, undercut, little answers or questions or um you know, whatever it might be. And it's kind of, it's kind of their relationship, but it's disrespect to disrespect. Does that make sense? To where they're both just, they don't respect each other because they've never really learned that. They never bonded, you know, they just don't care. Um, are your, are your sons like this to everyone else, um, that they're around, you know, if there's another, you know, they're adults, but there's other adults around, you know, are they just, they just don't care to have relationships with people like this or is your husband the only one that they're like this to and again this isn't to fix it this is just to kind of understand it take a step back and just kind of look at the whole picture how is this how's this working out and who does what to who um and just to understand it but i mean really at the end of the day they're all adults if one wants a relationship or both want a relationship they're ultimately going to make it happen right yes and as so in your husband's defense because you live in a house you know anybody who enters your home has to respect your husband sure, anybody yeah. who enters your home has to respect you right yep yeah, sure. um and that is that is the deal so you know, you have a moral obligation to support your husband in that regard. No one has the right to come into his home, because it's also his home, right. and disrespect him and be okay with it. Nobody you, has the right also to come into your home and disrespect you. You shouldn't stand for that. Even so if your that's own what's children, going on, even your yeah, own children who who feel as close to you right. as you do to this situation. Right. And this is where you need to honor your spouse. See, these are the things nobody really loves to talk about it because it's like put kids first. Mm, no, you didn't marry your children. Children are supposed to grow up and get a life of their own, their own spouse. You're, and it's biblical, right? You cleave off. Something. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you leave your parents, right? And you, you're supposed to leave your parents and go get yourself a person. Go cleave it off and give it to someone else. <laughs> but so, so the deal is in this regard, you need to honor your husband in his home. Having said that, you know, if it's outside the home and you guys are in a public place, your husband doesn't have, nobody has, adults don't have to stand there and take disrespect. Your sons don't have to stand there and be disrespected by your husband either. They're adults. We all get to decide what we allow 
how we allow ourselves to be treated, especially as adults. So I think that you need to respect your sons as adults to remove themselves from situations where they feel like that's not safe for them and they don't like to be treated that way, then you might just have to respect that they don't show up, that your relationships looks like more one-on-one now. That's their right. And you need to respect them as adult men. You also need to respect your husband as an adult man in his home and honor that. Yeah. And shut it down. If your kids are there and, um, or, you know, I, we don't even know the full situation. Maybe they live there. And if they do live there again, I don't know, but maybe it's like, Hey, you know what? If you can't respect my husband, your stepfather, then it's time for you to start looking for a new place, you know, yeah. and, and draw that line in the sand. It's going to be a lot harder to draw now because it hasn't been put into place, or at least if it has, they haven't been respecting it, mm-hmm. but it's time to start putting boundaries there and be right. like, look, either you live here and you need to go live somewhere else, or you don't live here and you're going to come into my household and disrespect my husband. You're not going to be welcome here. This isn't going to be tolerated in our yeah. household. Or we need to figure out how our relationship looks away from this home. Because the last thing you want to do is allow a disrespectful situation that doesn't have really anything to do with you put a wedge in your marriage. Yeah. And that what will happen. Like if, if, my kids always came home and were disrespectful to Eric and I allowed it and didn't honor my husband or, you know, honor our marriage that would put a wedge between us. I would assume after a while. Right. I mean, one or two times you might be like, well, you might just like write it off. Like whatever. It's whatever. It's part of the situation. Your your daughter's on her period. Your son got a bad grade. I don't know. (laughs) But, but you know what I mean? Like I a, a pattern though might, wouldn't you say put a wedge? Uh, yep. So don't put a wedge, draw a line. Protect your marriage. Protect your marriage above Love your all kids. Else. Honor your, honor your spouse, honor your adult kids. Like drop a like, <laughs> leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, leave a five-star review. We got a four-star review the other day. It was a good Why one. Why do we miss the mark? Are we codependent? No, they didn't like me this time. You don't ever read me those. <laughs> it's so funny. I always hear the ones where I'm bad. I never hear the ones that you're bad. Oh, it, yeah. It's, it, it, anyways, it's funny. I'm like, we're a podcast, you guys. We're trying to have a conversation here. It's just funny to me. I'm like, I don't know. Anyways, thanks, you guys, for joining us. Thanks for being codependent with me. I'm super codependent on her. <laughs> what does that even mean? You're codependent on me? Bye, you guys. Bye. <laughs> Codependency next episode mouth breather.